Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to my podcast, Steve Sully Study. I've got a, um, a very different guest in front of me, someone that is an athlete, someone that is a go-getter, someone that is a mover and shaker, someone that strives to do something a little bit different. So Alexis Landor, thank yeah. you very much for your time. And I'm really looking Did forward you- to having this conversation with you. Thank you very much for inviting me on the podcast. And yeah, well, I'm here to answer all the questions. Perfect. So I've done a little bit of studying and research on you. Um, my findings is you're really young still, 22 years of age. Is that right? Yeah. 22 and, uh, years young. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Christ, if I could go back um, and be 22 again, I'm 36. Yeah. But if I could go back at being 22, Coy, you've got some really good years ahead of you. So um, you're already making some great waves in your sport and in your profession. And it's very exciting to, to, to know and feel that in 10 years' time, you're going to be a household name in your industry. <laughs> wow, well, I, that's really nice. I, I really hope so. Uh, but it, what you say is really true. And I often uh, say this to myself. I, I often say to myself, like, oh, you're already 22. You're, you're getting old. You got to train harder. You don't have much time. And yeah, I'm really scared to wake up one day and, and be like, oh, wow, I, I spent the half of my life and I don't know, like I, I've wasted time because it's a resource. It's a really precious precious resource that we have in abundance. In abundance, right? Abundance, yeah. Abundance, yeah. When we're young and we don't realize how precious it is until we run out of it. So yeah, time is definitely... Uh, something that I care for, <laughs> yeah. but I was I I'm I'm not really young. I mean, like there are some athletes. Like I wish I started sooner. Still, you know, I wish I was eighteen, but yeah, twenty two. <laughs> so my my research tells me that you've been climbing for about fourteen years, but the quote unquote urban climbing, and yeah. uh, I don't know whether that's the right title for you, like an urban climber, but I, I, I can see here that you've been doing it for two years and your first climb uh, was in 2019 up your first skyscraper. Is that correct? Um, I think uh, my, so my first climb, my first urban climb is, uh, was in probably 217 or 18, but my first uh, big skyscraper was in 219 yeah yeah and uh, that was albert tower yeah albert tower was the one in 2018 so i i see here that you've uh, climbed total tower marriott tower i'm going to try yeah. and pronounce this right the montparnasse 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 uh tower and of course the albert tower and there's, there's plenty more so if we strip it back to the start then okay um yeah. because when i was at school and the friends and the colleagues and the family I've got, nobody does climbing. There's one guy I know that is very, very fit and he's very, very athletic and he goes to a local climbing wall and he's, and he's really good. But he's the only guy I know and he's 65 years of age. He's incredible. Um, so, like, I saw that your dad noticed that you love to climb and he, he yeah. introduced you to, the, to that world. But why have you decided to make it a profession, Alexis? 
So, yeah, you're right. My, my dad, he saw that I was into climbing. He was actually so tired of having to watch me when I was outside in the streets. Like I was trying to climb everywhere when he was not looking. And so, yeah, because of this, he told me now, Alex, you're going to climb in the gym. Uh, you love rock climbing too much to not try it out. At first, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to just keep, you know, climbing in the streets, like jumping everywhere, being really annoying to my parents. And, uh, well, he took me, like, I didn't have any option, but he, like, took me to the climbing gym, and I just loved it, you know? Like, I really fell in love with it. And I've been going to the gym now for the same gym for 15 years. I've been going daily there for 15 years now. Okay. And um, why convert from your typical rock climbing to urban climbing? And if you can just, before you answer that, give your description to the audience that may not know what actually urban climbing is. So, well, urban climbing is the, I would say, the most um, global world for climbing on something that is artificial. Um, what I do is more precise. It's urban climbing, but I would say it's more precisely urban free solo. Uh, free solo means the act of climbing without any safety rope or safety gear. So if you fall, you die. And yeah, what I do is uh, urban free solo, which is a part of urban climbing. I usually tell people I do urban climbing because it's easier, you know, for them to understand. Because I don't think I don't think anyone would understand if I say if I said urban free solo. So I do urban free solo, which means climbing without a rope when you set kind of safety protection on big walls that are artificial, like skyscrapers. And yeah, I've, I, two years ago, I remember I was like, okay, I, I gotta do it. Like I was scared to do this my whole life, you know, for good reasons, I, I was young, but yeah, I was scared to do this my whole life. And at some point I told myself, it's over now you're, well, you're 18, you know, you're an adult now, like you have to do it. And I just, I just did it. You know, I prepared for a few months and I told a few friends like, Hey, I'm going to climb these skyscrapers. So at first they were like, no, you're not <laughs> stop. <laughs> and after a while I convinced them that I was going to climb it. And yeah, they just filmed me and I filmed me when I was climbing it and I just climbed it. And this is like a childhood dream that goes way back when I was starting to climb, I was already trying to search for this experience of climbing without a rope. Yeah, that's, I've always been like this, especially like in urban environments. I've always been like impressed by the skyscrapers and I like the idea to, to see those skyscrapers that are like, you know, urban mountains and to take them at a human size, you know, when I climb the skyscrapers after a while, or even when I train for skyscrapers, it becomes like human size in a way. I don't know if, if I don't know if my language uh, makes it under, understandable. My English is not the best, but yeah, like the skyscrapers go from being a huge thing that you can't see the top to something that okay, you can you can break it down, you can see the floors. You can see how long it's going to take to climb, etc., etc. So I, I always loved this idea of like climbing without a rope in the urban environments. I was like a Mission Impossible fan when I was a kid, and I just needed this thing of being able to control your body and your mind and like um, go over fears, you know. 
like basically like controlling um the i hated luck you know like i was i i've i'm actually i'm actually still like this but i'm i'm really scared of death like uh, i got the um, i think it's called thanatophobia i think mm-hmm. like i'm really really scared of dying um and i it was way worse when i was a kid and um i'm also scared of uh, people other around me dying this was even worse when I was a kid and I was always scared for my loved ones and for me to die. So this may sound a little like a paradox, but yeah, I'm climbing skyscrapers and I'm really, really scared of dying. And like seeing uh, Tom Cruise, you know, climbing skyscrapers, I felt like this guy, he's not scared of dying because he knows what he's doing, you know, he's trained for it. And I've always been like, oh, I need to be like this, you know, not necessarily doing the exact same thing, but to control what I'm doing. So I'm not scared to die anymore. So I know I'm not going to die anymore. So I know that I, I'm, I'm in control of what's happening. And this is exactly how I can describe urban free solo or free solo in general is basically people often think it's like adrenaline. Uh, I'm, people ask me like, oh, what's in your head when you climb? You must be so panic. You panicked. You know, you must be. Everything must be going so fast. You must have so much adrenaline. No, 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 no. When I climb, it's peaceful. It's really peaceful. Um, your mind understand that it it can't it can't miss because otherwise you fall. So your mind forgets anything that is not important for the climb. Anything that will not help me climbing is gone for like an hour. And this kind of peaceful mind that you get, that I, this kind of peace, peaceful mind, I can only get it from doing urban climbing, urban free solo. Okay. So yeah. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a passion that goes way back, you know, like when I was a kid, I was watching Mission Impossible or Alain Robert, who is the French Spider-Man, the, the, basically the one who created this whole sport. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, way back. so the only small comparison i've got with my life and with the sport that i do with what you do alexis and it's not very similar but it's the closest kind of connection i can make to it i do boxing i've had 16 boxing fights and um it's a passion of mine okay and what i enjoy about boxing is the sparring you know getting in there and going a few rounds sparring now the difference is you've got head guard on you got yeah. six, 16 ounce gloves and even though there is danger and there is violence and there is pain that goes with that the reality is you you're kind of protected yeah you got the mouth guard and everything else but when you go into a fight you have 10 ounce yeah. gloves on no top on and no head guard and people yeah. ask me why do you want to have a real fight when you can just kind of experience the same thing doing sparring and even though sparring is quite close to the real fight it is different and i imagine your need your want your your passion to climb without a harness or safety ropes is kind of like the same version of going into a real fight but my, my question being naive to what you do is like wouldn't you get the same thrill climbing a a a rock i know in nevada in you know in, in vegas somewhere uh, like the Grand Canyon, but with with safety ropes on because they're still going to be quite a good experience, right? Yeah. So I I also love rock climbing, 
but there's a thing about free solo that I'm I'm just in love with, you know. I I feel like I need this to get a control back in my life, get this fear of of dying uh, uh, out of my life uh, for good, you know. So yeah, I really I need to climb free solo, like uh, you know, not 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 every day, like not even once a month, but I need to have those free solo goals in my mind that I know I'm gonna do one day and that I'm gonna train for it because this way I know when I climb like this, my life is in my hands. It's not in somebody, someone else's hands. It's not, I don't put my life in a gear, in a rope. I, it's only in my hands. And knowing this makes me feel really comfortable when I climb free solo. If I know what I'm doing, and I know exactly what I have to do to survive. I'm going to be really comfortable, really. Yeah. And also what you, you talk about boxing. So I, I didn't do much uh, boxing, um, but I'm, I think the, what I feel like five minutes before climbing a skyscraper, like, no, like maybe like 20 minutes before climbing a skyscraper. I think it's really similar to what a boxer experiences before a, a match, you know, or a fighter experiences before a fight. Yeah, I, I I get like my hands are, my arms are heavy. Um, I get a bit sweaty. My 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 legs are heavy. I'm I'm struggling to move. Like suddenly, I don't have much energy. You know, like you feel like you have to escape. And I think the the hardest thing is to actually move toward the skyscrapers to go climb it. When your body tells you, no, 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 I don't want to do this. You know, your body tells you, no, danger, danger, don't do that. And you you have to force your mind, your, your mind has to force your body to actually go for it. Uh, and this is the hardest part. The hardest part of each of my climbs are from 20 minutes before the climb and after 10 meters. After I've, do, I've done 10 meters, I'm okay. Like I'm in my elements, everything is good. Everything goes as planned. But the moments just before the climb, when I have to, to, to push my mind to actually walk towards the skyscrapers, and my body knows he's in danger. Like three hours before, I already have cotton mouth. Like my body knows I'm about to put it to put it in danger. But I have to force myself to do this. And the feeling I get, I guess, is pretty similar to what a fighter feels before a fight. I guess I've again I've I've done a few sparring, never real fights. But I guess it's pretty much the same. Like, definitely, you're you know you you have to do it. You're you don't feel good, but you have to do it. Yeah. So in life, there are scenarios and there's individuals where you either do the fight or you fly it. Yeah, they're the two yeah. coping mechanisms to get you out of trouble. Yeah. And you have definitely got this fighting mentality, which I really admire, and I think. To have it at the age that you've got it, and you you seem very wise, you seem very determined, you seem like you know exactly what you want to achieve out of life. I really admire that. But where did that Thanks. mindset come from? Was it homed in as a young kid? Did your mum and dad influence you? Where where did you get that from? So, uh, interesting questions. I this one is going to require some thinking from me. Um, so I would say my dad always teached me to like push it to the limit, you know, 
like I've always had this education where you know if you if I say I'm going to do something I have to do it otherwise you know I'm I'm a disappointment <laughs> so yeah so this thing maybe like where you know like my dad taught me to never talk and not act you know if I, if I say I'm going to do something I do it and I guess yeah that always taught me how to like to always go further and always um, go to the end of my projects, you know, never stop in the middle. And also, I guess I was a little bit born like this. Like, I know I've always had this pure uh, logical mind um, in a way that opposed to like a more emotional one. So I've always know, known, I've always known how to control my emotions. And this is the main um quality of uh, somebody who does free solo so climbing with a rope is to be able to close the emotions and use only the logical part of the brain and logical part of your brain tells you okay you're not in danger if you do exactly what you're supposed to do you know what i mean so yeah i i think i've always been born like this like i was i was born like this for this aspect like really logical, not really emotional. I know how to deal with my emotions and keeping a cold mind uh, is important when you climb a skyscraper like this. A warm heart and a cold mind. Okay. So I, I read an article that came out in November the 14th, 2021 by Journal Time. And it's actually a really good article. I really enjoyed it. And here's a quote that you said, you must not let yourself be overwhelmed by your emotions, your fear. And basically, you've already kind of touched on what you were just saying there. So basically, when your emotions are telling you not to do something, you're the type of individual to push past that and go towards your goal. And if you said you're going to do something, your integrity, make sure that you follow it through. Exactly. Where, where, where did you uh, read that? It's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, uh, I can send it to you. Journal time. November the 14th, 2021, it was a quote that you said on there. Oh, I said, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I agree. With, I, I agree with this quote. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you also said, I need to feel that my life is in my hands. Yeah. So, so basically what I, I got from that is when you fear something, you don't let the fear control your life. You actually grab it and then you, you, you own it yourself exactly it's all about control when i was a kid i was so afraid of losing control of my life not being able to care for my loved ones not be able to save them you know i was i was always scared that they would die and i'm still like this by the way um it's of course uh, it's it's better now that i'm not um 10 years old but yeah it used to be a big deal and yeah like being doing this makes me take the control back in my hands literally, literally it's in my hands you know what i mean yeah so yeah it, it definitely helps me uh coping with my fear of death yeah before i come across you uh alexis um i've always been familiar with this french spider-man because i've seen lots of documentaries and look i've got no uh need to do rock climbing or urban climbing or solo climbing etc but i really admire people like yourself and also the french spider-man because 
the the you know the 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 fear aspect and how they can how you can overcome it. And his name is Alan Robert, and I've yeah. got here that you know he's he's an ins- inspiration of yours, is he? So yeah, his well, he's obviously like an inspiration because of what he's done. Like he has climbed the hardest challenge ever on rocks and on urban landscape. So he what he he did like probably the hardest free solo ever on rocks and also the f- hardest free solo on urban climbing. And which was like, that? Uh, La Nuit du Lézard. Uh, and also the, he did another one in Verdun. Uh, he did uh, he, the, the one that didn't have much uh, grade. Well, still really high for a free solo, but nothing compared to other grades he did. And But it was really like um we have a word in french to say aléatoire which means sometimes it's luck you know <laughs> there's a move and you have to like go grab it and you don't know exactly where it is so it's it's there's luck that goes and you know in the equation you know so yeah he, he did like really incredible stuff and this is why he inspired me when i was a kid as well as mission impossible you know i was looking at this guy wikipedia i was like wow so what I saw on TV is actually possible in real life because of this guy, you know, and this, this, this like ticked something in my brain. I was like, you know, why not me? Like, why not? You know, you can try maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's something I could, maybe it's something I could be good at. I was like, I, I was not sure of myself and I didn't expect to go uh, this far, honestly. But at some point in my life, I was tired of waiting and I just, did the climb, you know, when I was 18, 17 or 19, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, my first climb, I was like tired of waiting and I just did it. Yeah. Um, one thing that drew me towards Alan uh, Robert when I was watching his documentaries and some of his interviews on YouTube is um, he literally dressed like Spider-Man. He literally took the outfit. and started, time, yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I found that really cool. Because like he literally turned himself into that superhero, and even though I know I know there's no such real thing as a superhero who's got magical powers, he kind of made you feel that he was a superhero in that present point in time. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, so I was not, I was not a fan of superhero movie at the time, and I'm still not. But I was really much inspired by the Mission Impossible like kind of action movies james bond uh uh jason Bourne. yeah 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 yeah, i I was just in love with those movies and for me he was not a human superhero he was a human like a real life uh secret agent you know like i wanted to be a secret agent when i was a kid and he was this incarnation of this in real life you know yeah well that was like possible yeah well on your bio just talking about uh superheroes we've got a quote here on your bio that says half human half machine and i have to agree with that statement you've got to be partly human but also partly machine in order to do your thing so let's talk about the the mindset then when you're climbing and also some of the experiences you've gone through i'm just going to ask you a point blank question okay have you ever nearly died Climb in a building. So I haven't nearly died, I, I think. Well, the thing is that I I think if I nearly died, I wouldn't know. 
So I wouldn't be able to answer, you know, like maybe at some point I almost put my feet on something slippery. I don't know, but the real, the, what we fear as, or as free solo climbers is not to have like, okay, so there's either like a loose rock or loose piece of metal in my, for, for me, it's a loose part of metal, but for rock climber, free solo rock climber, it's a loose rock. This is something we're scared about, of course, and this is something we can't really control as much as our own body. So it's really scary to like climbing. The, the, the only th thought of taking a rock, putting your weight on it, and then it breaks is absolutely terrifying. And there's this, but our biggest fear is to actually run out of energy. Like you climb, you climb, and you, you feel that your forearm forearm is, is running out of energy this is a real fear this is the really close call that for example many free slow climber had i've never had this close call because i i you know i've only been doing this for like three years and i've i'm trying to always push uh push myself to the limits every training so the day i'm gonna actually climb free solo i should be technically in my comfort zone the only moment where i'm leaving the comfort zone is when i actually go for the first few meters after this it's almost like atomic everything is almost automatic like meditation you know like uh, everything is really peaceful so I, I i haven't had any close call in this term because a close call would mean that my forearm would start burning and and uh, pumping you know and this is this is really scary like my friend leo he had let's say it's a close call. It's a closer call than what I've had because he used to climb. We climbed a building together and his forearm started to pump. Like he was getting pumpy and he was getting burned, you know, in the forearms. Like he was like, it's, it's getting hard. You know, he told me afterwards, like his forearm was like really big and he started to burn both of his forearms. So yeah, th th that's when trouble uh, arrives and uh, any free solo climbers, Alan Robert would, would tell you the same. Like, what is really scary, what the danger is that if you don't have much energy, at some point you can fight all you want. Your 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 fingers are going to open. When there's no more, so when there's no more energy in the form, the tendons goes like this mm. in the form, in the muscle of the fingers are there. So if you're done with your forearms, your finger they just open. They, they, they don't even respond anymore. They will just open. And this is really scary. Can you imagine being, I don't know, 200 meters high, no rope on skyscrapers, and you feel that your, your fingers are, start, are slowly starting to open like this? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what we're trying to avoid as free solo climbers. So I've never had any close call in, in this way, but I've had some surprise, definitely some surprise. I have a few anecdotes of moments where I was like, oh, okay, time to, you know, this cold mind, this only, uh, this no emotion mind that I've been talking about. Those are moments where I had to really, really show what I'm, you know, what I had in mind, but that the, the emotional part is gone. So for example, once, one time I was climbing the Montparnasse Tower and it was the second time I climbed it. So I'm used to this tower. I'm, I know like how to climb it. And I wanted to climb actually with a different technique that is harder than the other ones because I almost considered the other ones like cheating. Uh, 
because you can climb and you don't you you don't have to expose yourself to the to the well to the ground like to the emptiness behind you okay. and i i was like okay i gotta climb again because what i did was cheating <laughs> so i wanted to climb it again and actually it, it was probably my best climb in a way like i felt so good the whole climb i felt so good the whole climb and when i reached the top i was not even tired but when i was 30 meters high around 30 meters maybe it's 20 meters maybe it's 25 but enough to kill me or you know leave me forever uh you know in a coma maybe uh i realized my truck bag so my the bag that i have in my back was upside down so i have to take off both hands while still being you know really close to the wall take both hands to actually take it off turn it around and put it back on again and tie the knot and go back to climbing and um, it's really it's it's also it's lucky because I'm I was able to let go both hands on this one, but usually I'm not able to let go both hands. Like usually I can barely take one hands off. I can take one hands off a little bit, but not both hands, you know. And yeah, I, I, definitely a moment where I had to keep this really, you know, cold mind thing in my head and no emotions because I could have panicked, you know, I could have said, oh, no, I'm going down. Uh, I, I, no, no, no. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to, and actually funny thing is that I've, to be, I'm, I'm proud of myself on this one because I really managed to control my emotions so much that I actually forgot about this. I completely forgot my brain erased it. And I found out like a year later on my go when I watched the GoPro footage again, I'm like, oh yeah, this happened. This happened. And I co I totally forgot about it for like a year because I was able to manage my emotions to keep a cold mind, to do all like I say, like I say, yeah, like only doing the things that will help you. No parasite thought. And yeah, I was able to handle it to be honest, really good. So I totally forgot about it. Like two minutes after I, I was already, it was already erased from my brain. And I, for a whole year, I didn't even know about that until I realized like a year later, watching the GoPro video. Oh, wow. Yeah. This happened. I, I forgot. I, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I also had, I have someone like something like this um, at the end of uh, Franklin Tower, which was probably my hardest project. I realized the last floor was a little bit different. They, something was covering the holes. Mm. So it was really hard to climb the last floor and I didn't expect it to be like this. So I, I didn't took too much uh, my time to climb it during the last floor. So I was not getting pumpy on my forearm, but I was, I was playing with fire, you know? And I, 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 I realized like, oh, wow, this floor is twice as big and there's no holes anymore. anymore. And now I'm, I might get pumpy if I keep doing stupid stuff like this. So I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I, same, I just kept climbing. You know, I didn't panic. I kept climbing. I, I tried to climb it. You know, there's no other options. Hmm. So, yeah. I, other options would have been to 
go down one go down two floors stay as long as i can there to rest as much as i can and go back again but i felt like i could try to do it yeah i was just two meters away from the top yeah um I know I just asked you the question about have you nearly died, uh, you know, climbing one of the buildings. And I, I understand why you said I'm not too sure because you don't know whether, you know, you were quite close to something which could have been slippery or, or yeah. a loose bit of metal. But the other question that you probably will have the answer to is have you had any friends that have died climbing? No, no I don't know anyone who fell uh, doing this. Okay. Okay. I know there's other people. Um, of course, it's a, you know, in the whole extreme sports, um, sports, it's the extreme sports of extreme sports. <laughs> but like, there's, so yeah, there's a lot of people who died doing this. A lot of people, uh, doing free solo, I mean. Yeah. But there's only, a, only like a few of us doing urban free solo right now. So in a way, we didn't have time to you know like it's a good thing nobody, nobody ever fell um but yeah it, there's only like four of us doing this in the world like urban free solo like this so yeah we and we're all friends we're all much prepared so yeah i'm i'm no i nobody i know ever fell in but um, there's a lot of but there's a lot of rock climbing legends that fell you know dean potter danosman um yeah the um in the UK there in the last year or maybe two there was a, a guy who climbed the crane and he went yeah. halfway through and I think what he was trying to do is hold on to the crane, do like a selfie, climb back on and then get down and he he was hanging and then like you said the the the, the lactic acid the pump yeah. he couldn't hold on no more and he let go and. He literally hit, uh, it was by a railway station and um, it was caught on camera and it was, you know, I've, I've seen it. It's, it's, it's horrific. Um, he literally bounces off the floor. And do you ever like, I know you said your fear of death and fear of f family members dying, but is it kind of inevitable that anyone in so solo, not saying you, but I'm saying, let's just say there's 10 of you, yeah? And you're doing this for 30 years. Yeah, and you you are known. You're athletes. You're getting endorsed. You're respected. You're celebrities in your own right. But it's a numbers game, you know. Ten of you climbing, probably in thirty years, someone's gonna someone's gonna fall. Someone's gonna probably hurt themselves or or even die. Well, well, if we fall, we don't hurt ourselves. We just yeah. die. That's yeah. that's simpler. Um, well, you know, it's I don't see it this way. Like maybe, yeah, maybe statistically it will happen if there's more and more people doing urban free solo. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. I, I don't see it this way. I for I don't look at other people. I only care about, uh, well, I was about to say I only care about myself, but I mean, it's true. Like I, I have to care about my life. Uh, like I, I'm not, um, I'm not anybody's mom, you know? <laughs> I'm not gonna tell my friends, hey, 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 this challenge is. I can say my to my friends, this challenge is maybe too hard. Please train more before you do this climb. But I'm I'm not I'm not gonna tell them like, hey, stop doing this. Well, I'm 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 
still climbing so i i, I can't act like their mom mm-hmm. and i think their mom are already pretty stressed about it so uh, like mine but i i the way i see it is that i only focus on my survival and when i look at my survival i don't see it as a statistic yeah i really see it as do i can i control this or not you know because of course it's a statistic but it's a statistic that i can that i have control over i can if i don't know tomorrow i decide that i stop like this goes down to almost zero you know but not zero because i i could still die in a car crash or you know i could still be stabbed or something like this so and difference of dying in a car crash and being stabbed or anything like this is that this i can control this situation i can save myself from okay and this is a whole difference is that this is why i don't see it as a statistic is that i know what i have to do to keep myself safe of course maybe yeah let's say technically i have like 10 like 10 times 10 more times to die than other people because of what i do but this is honestly not how i see things because my the whole point of my discipline is to not see things as statistic but to see things as what you can control what you can't control and my goal is to put as much things i can in the what i can control okay um, case you know yeah so yeah I, I don't see it this way i just see it like i'm going to keep trying to be as safe as possible in my life keep doing things i can control and this is how i'm going to die old not young <laughs> um in this article it says when you're looking at a building you condense it down to three things. Number one, the height of the building, which is probably the least important to you, and you've explained why, but we'll get on to that. The second thing is how difficult it is. And the third thing is, uh, is there parts to that building where you can rest? Yeah? Yeah, exactly. So now we're getting technical. I like this. (laughs) Okay. Um, So if you were to touch on those three points, the height of the building how difficult it is, and also the rest. You know, what what is the most important working your way down? So it's really funny because... Oh, oh, oh on the way down? Yeah, oh, no. Uh, what's out of the three the most important to you? And then oh, yeah. go down the list. So it's really hard to explain. And here's why. Because some of those factors can be sometimes not important. But if they're combined with another one, they can grow huge. For example, an, an e- some, something that has no rest. It's an easy climb. It's, so yeah, it's an easy climb, but it has no rest and it's really tall. It's okay. If it's 100 meters or if it's 500 meters, what's the difference? If it's really easy, it's, it's, there's no difference. Like you take the shard, for example, it's really high. Uh, but it's really, really easy. So it's 100 meters, or if it's 500 meters, not change, not doesn't change anything, you know. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you take the hard, the the difficulty factors, and and start to go up, if the building is also really tall, then difficulty is like multiplied, multiplied, you know. Like if you take something that is quite hard. 
and you do it like on a long, like uh, more than 200 meters, then it's, it's hard. And if there's no rest, it can be impossible, you know? Like a building that is easy, that is, that is medium and that is high and that has no rest, almost impossible. And for example, like some buildings, I would say, oh, they're not really high because they, they are, you know, they, they have good rest, the kind of easy. You take Cayenne Tower in Dubai, for example. Uh, I would say probably, I've never climbed it. Probably, I wish I, I would. I wish I could climb it, but not yet. Probably easy challenge because uh, good rest, climb is okay. And it's really tall. It's more than 400 meters. But yeah, it's, it's, it's more of an easy climb, so it's okay. But if you take, I don't know, like let's say Crystal Tower that have almost no rest, it's only 100 meters. But I can tell you that when I think of this climb, I feel like it's really high because 100 meters, but without any rest, and the climb is starts, you know, it's hard. It's harder than Cayenne Tower. So, yeah, the, 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 the height is actually not even a difficult factor when it's only by itself. But when you combine with this, with the fact that you can't rest, the, 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 the difficulty of the challenge can be multiplied. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that the most important is factor is like the difficulty of the building itself like each move is are each move difficult and if they are are there some rest in the building and at the end like is it tall is it high like for example let's say some challenge are some buildings are hard technically hard and there's high and they are high but there's good rest and if they're really good rest it can be 100 meters or 500 meters and you wouldn't really feel a difference once you reach the top. You would feel like a global tiredness, of course, but like when you break down each move, it's it's okay. But some buildings are like less high, um, but like the moves are harder and sometimes like there's no rest, almost no rest or no rest at all. And this is this gets so much harder if you take, off, take, take the rest off. And... Of course, there's there's never, almost never, real rest when you climb a building. But for for the for example, my last climb, I was able to let go one hands, that move my fingers a little bit, grab again, move the other move the other hand like this, and this makes me able to like, this makes it much easier than if I was not allowed to stop climbing. You know, like for example, if you take a crack climbing, which means like a ver vertical crack in which you put the hands it's it's like just as tiring to not climb than to climb so it's basically no rest and yeah even 100 meters of a really hard crack climbing can be really hard like 100 meters of this is for me it's it's higher it's higher than other buildings you know that are way higher but have good rest and easy climbs yeah I find what you do just amazing and, and your mindset is so, so strong. So you mentioned your friend, Leo Urban, yeah? Yeah. Uh, you guys this year, March the 7th, 2022, climbed, and I'm trying to pronounce this again, Montparnasse? Yeah, Montparnasse, yeah. Okay, Tower, which 
I read it's the second highest tower behind the Eiffel Tower at yeah. 689 feet. Um, now, you've done this to kind of, as a pledge, pledge and a support to the Ukraine yeah. people because of the invasion of Russia and Ukraine. You know, some people would say, not me, they would say, but, but look, Alexis, Leo, you could... You could, you know, you know, bring together the Ukrainian people by doing something else, raising money for charity, for example, doing a charity boxing match, you know, going on a marathon run. Why climb a big building at nearly 700 feet tall? So, yeah, a, a lot of people that say this, they don't realize that we actually uh, started charity. Okay. We, we, raised, we raised donation uh, through this act. And yeah, we, we, we raised a few thousands euros and all of this uh, was sent to like a family um, in Ukraine. So yeah, we, we actually raised donations. And it was also a symbolic act. You know, we are climbers, we are not fighters. And I guess a lot of people like fighters, they fight for Ukraine. People do all their little gesture. And this is like probably like, for us, the easier thing to do, you know, is climbing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we we did this like as an act of like, yeah, to show support and also like we we precisely wanted to show like the bravery of the Ukrainian uh, people that resist. Yeah, and this is what we wanted to highlight through you know what we did and we said to the camera like we are using one percent, not not even one percent of the courage. Like Ukrainians, people have when they fight back. Okay, yeah, that's good. Well, look, fantastic for raising all that money. I think that's um, a great deed that you guys have done. Well, it was not it, it was not much, but it's honest work. Yeah, um, I want to ask you just a couple more things. So you mentioned earlier about many solo urban climbers or even rock climbers, their their parents do get you know fearful, maybe anxiety, maybe they might feel a bit helpless because their their loved ones are, are out there risking their lives um you got that aspect and then you have the other aspect i know we spoke about this before we recorded but just touching on it the legal aspect because yeah. i see here that you know in france you could get fifteen thousand euro fine you could actually spend up to one year in prison and typically when you get to the top of these buildings you're met by the police and firefighters and you know mum and dad's brother and sisters, friends and family members, they must get massive anxiety thinking, oh, he, not only could he die, but he could actually go to prison for one year. I mean, how do you deal with that in your mind? Well, you know, like this is like the jurisdiction and, and stuff. Like from the human aspect, everything goes well in the human aspects. Like we don't have any much like... The, the police understand that what we do is a sport, uh, especially because Alain Robert climbed in France so much uh, in the 90s that now they know it's a sport, you know, they are not discovering it. So, yeah, usually everything goes really well. We take selfie with them. Uh, they ask questions like, was it hard this time? Uh, and then we go like to the jail for 24 hours. And the, just the time to do like the procedure, procedures, you know. But yeah, there's nothing like I. I wish that my sport was. I I don't I don't care about going to jail. 
but I wish that my this was not the important part for a lot of people. And suddenly it's still why a lot of people like are much more interested in like the legal repercussion of what I do than in my actual sport work. Yeah. And yeah, my goal for like this year is basically to show the world that you know it's 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 more than just being getting arrested and yeah, because also this this part of the story is not much interesting. Like once I get to the top, I do a few selfies with the police. They congratulate me, and then you know I go to jail. Just the time to do the to do the notes thing, you know the and yeah, it's gone after this, you know. So yeah, it, this part of the story is not interesting. A lot of people ask me about this, and yeah, the it's yeah also that same thing. I, people ask me always, how do you get down? Like that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is how I get up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, of course, there's a legal repercussions, and of course, my family is uh, scared for me. But to be honest, they are more scared for my life yeah. than they are scared for me on the legal side. You know, the legal side is actually more reassuring for them. Yeah, I, I guess one of the reasons why I probably asked you this question um, and maybe why others do as well is because there's a lot of sports out there. Like I'll go back to fighting, yeah? You got boxing, you got MMA and you got a few other things and then you yeah. have unlicensed fighting. You know, sometimes, certainly in the UK, in a traveller community, they will go to fields and they will fight and people yeah. bet, bet on it. And even though it's a noble sport and they have a lot of respect for each other and you've got to be tough and you've got to have the right mindset, it's illegal. And the police sometimes turn up and they split it up and people can get arrested, but yet people still do it. And there are not many sports out there or being an athlete where you have to overcome the legal aspect in order to do what you need to do. And Alan Robert, when I watched his documentary, he, one of the first things he said is, my biggest challenge before I start to climb is to actually get onto the building without being seen. And it was quite a comical moment where he was running around the building and the security officer was trying to get him. And suddenly he's on the building and he's climbing. Well, he was climbing also in China. So, different. Know. Yeah. So I, I never feel like I have to overcome the legal aspects personally yet. Yet. I've only climbed Europe, never in the US, but that should happen soon. So I've never tried to overcome. Yeah, I've never felt I had to overcome the legal aspect. Yeah. But I've definitely feel like I felt alone at time when I, I'm thinking like, like nobody can understand, you know, what I, what, why I want to do this. This is why also I never mentioned my passion or my goals to anybody when I was, you know, just starting because I knew that people would just either tell me I'm crazy or just laugh at my face. So, and good thing I didn't, you know. Yeah. But the difference is that Animal Bear climbed uh, in China. He climbed in in the US. He climbed uh, in, yeah, he climbed in places where he would get real trouble for doing this and where people didn't know him so well, you know, mm. like if I come, if I climb to France, the second the police see me, even before I climb, they will understand what's going on. Like, Oh, it's Alexi. He's going to climb a building again. I know him. He knows me. <laughs> mm. Everything like 
even if it's you know the, the legal thing like people know we know each other we know we understand each other he used to climb in places where he would get jail for his entire lifetime you know yeah yeah well so, yeah well i want to ask you something separate now uh and this is the last part of the conversation i would say is about the business side of what you do okay yeah so when I was coming out of school, I always wanted to become a success. You know, I wanted to earn money because I believe with money, you could travel the world, you can, you know, do charitable things, you can have nice things in life. But with what you do, I mean, number one, your passion must be the climbs and pushing yourself and overcoming your fears, etc. But you can't keep on doing this without really making money from it because otherwise it's just like a side hobby but what i've noticed with you is you've got almost ten thousand subscribers on your youtube channel you've got hundreds of thousands on your instagram and probably even more on your other so so now you're becoming this brand and this profile there must be opportunities so how do you think about the business aspect of what you do and monetization right now i win 400 uh, euros a month <laughs> so 400 euros uh yeah it's not enough to it's not even like a fourth of the minimum minimum wage in france hmm. so yeah obviously i need to get more money now uh this is for sure and now i'm i'm doing this professionally like this is my only job now so yeah but i i will start doing giving like speakers events yeah so in france in french of course my english is not good enough for this now your english is really good thanks well um so i will start giving speakers events and yeah this this should be a good way you know to monetize what i do and also explain my philosophy because a lot of people think i'm just you know like somebody who's not afraid of death which is when it's actually exact opposite and also i want to get more sponsors and also raise my price you know like the more i will the more people that would be interested in what i do the more i will be able to actually ask more money for bands to sponsor me so yeah yeah there's definitely this too also we have a movie that we'll be making start to make soon and i you know i'll get percentage of this well you know here and there for now i'm I'm really broke but you know i got hopes for the future i'm gonna keep grinding until yeah until i get enough money to travel and climb all over all over the world and that your 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 ambitions your goals your desires is to climb in every part of the world and every every type of building out there yeah yeah, yeah, exactly good your your training, you know, your um, I I do you know boxing training, some weights, and when I'm doing the chin ups, and even last night I was holding forty kilo on each arm and doing the shrugs. I know what you mean about the burn because after like the fifth set, I could barely hold the weight anymore, and I'm <laughs> I'm losing grip. So you must have very very strong grip in forearms and thanks. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, endurance like muscle endurance, and it's also really precise uh, muscle muscle fibers that are recruited for climbing pinching stuff like this so yeah yeah that's good um so uh 
We got a, an art brand called Woodbury House. We're a, we're a private gallery. Uh, I'm the founder uh, in, in, in London, Soho. We're about to move to Mayfair. And we actually represent, uh, we just signed a, a French artist, a guy called Blet Le Rat, who's the father of stencil graffiti. He's based in Paris. So I do come to Paris quite frequently. If you're ever around, I would love to meet you. And yeah, if, sure. And if you're ever in London... Please come by and say hello. It'd be great to maybe do some collaborations with you. I don't know how, but maybe. Um, this is my last question. Yeah. When I started my first business, I come up with a mantra, the way yeah. of life, which is which goes like this. Be happy, never content. Now, if I were to ask you, Alexis, your, your version of what does be happy, never content mean to you? Um... I will say I, I I would say that being happy in the moment is not important. What is important is to work towards the goal and moving towards the goal. And the only thing that matters is the end, what you get in the end. And if we extend this to our whole life, well, I'm young, so I don't want to, you know, I'm I'm a young guy. I don't know anything about life. But is when you die you don't care if you're happy or not in the moment you care about what you achieve in your life so i guess this thing of not caring about the moment but working for the future is important good man all right well i wish you the very very best you've been a great great uh, guest on my podcast thank yes. you very much god bless thank you. you very much for having me and uh, i'll speak to you again very soon all right yeah enjoy thank enjoy, you very much enjoy your rest of the day and have a great weekend Thanks. Goodbye. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye.